How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. I was just picturing us just asking him questions about mm-hmm. the Lord. About Jesus? Uh, what would Jesus say if, if I did this? Right. Damn. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> You got to sneak. Can you sneak one in? Can you? Because I couldn't do it with a straight face. I'm not going to do that to coach. Be like, like, Tommy, I've been feeling a lot of temptation in my relationship with Jesus Christ has been wavering. How do I repair? I owe everything to God. Can you do that for me? How do I become more like Manny Pacquiao? Can you do it with just one? How do I become a law follower? Can you get one in there for me? Yeah. I just want to be a part of the flock. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be one of my favorite moments ever. You've got something like serious. I'm in backslide, goat. Yeah, right. Yeah. Please help me. Yeah, what? Ah. What proverb do you go to, <laughs> yes. Coach? When in times of despair, yeah. What do you, which proverb do you lean on? <laughs> Only God can answer us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you're Man, feeling Sunday like the New York Giants, which proverb in the good book would you tell them to lean on, Coach? Yeah, there's a couple of franchises right now that are just a, a, a total disaster. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you got a hurt shoulder. What would the Lord say? I mean, to the Broncos too, man. Oh, they look bad too. I mean, Fifty-one I, by the Eagles. Fifty-one by the Rams. Yeah, well, I mean, what happened to that no-fly zone? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I really thought that that Broncos defense was going to be okay on uh, Sunday. They've been having their tower buzzed, especially when there was no Zach Ertz. Yeah. And if you look at the Broncos defense, one of the things that they had issues with was covering a tight end, and then there's no Ertz, and you're thinking, okay. They're going to be all right, but no touchdown pass here, touchdown pass there. Didn't matter. I mean, I, maybe that says more about Carson Wentz than it does the Broncos' defense. But that whole team is just a total. That I think it says a lot about uh, Carson Wentz and that offense, uh, especially losing the big boy Peters on that O line and and doing that to Denver's defense. I didn't suspect that. I think all of us picked the Broncos to cover in that ball game uh, did, last yeah. Friday. Yep. Uh, and, and because of the defense, and Brock Osweiler be damned, this defense is still bona fide, and they'll show up and, and, and play extremely tough. But uh, that has to be very concerning to other members of the NFC East uh, that the Eagles were able to do that to that Broncos defense, a team that the Cowboys lost to. But then – the Eagles lost to Kansas City, and the Cowboys beat Kansas City, so I don't know what to believe. But I didn't expect the Broncos' defense to be pushed around and, and, and for the Eagles to post 51 on them. And Wentz went out of the game. you know. Uh, so his work was done early, and, and you put in Nick Foles, and, and the Broncos just no offense to speak of. They have just been shut down, and I don't think they know what to do at this point. Yeah, and, and I, I think out of all these teams, I mean, it's really kind of hard to say who's in the worst shape. I mean, we leave the Browns out of it because they're the right. they're the champs. They're the reigning champs of total ineptitude. Well, but you think about some of these other teams, these franchises, I mean, especially the Broncos and the Giants. Like, you just didn't expect them to be this bad. And then the Buccaneers, the hard knocks yeah. team, 
you watch these episodes of Hard Knocks and it's like, oh man, everybody's excited and we're fired up and there's more excitement around this building and there's been in years and we got the pieces. I mean, they are terrible. And now this week, I mean, Jameis Winston, this is actually, I think, a blessing in disguise for them that Jameis Winston isn't going to play because it's either, I mean, he's injured or he stinks or it's both. But he has just been just terrible. So now you get Ryan Fitzpatrick, who at times can give you a burst of good play. Now he's going to be without uh, Mike Evans, though, because Mike Evans gets suspended for that cheap shot on Marshawn Lattimore of the Saints that Jameis Winston, of course, he was the catalyst of this whole deal. The guy's and, coming and, off, and, off the bench to be an instigator. And why is he doing that? You're sitting over there for a reason. Your team is being whipped, being embarrassed. Just sit over there and nurse your sprained shoulder, your AC joint. But no, you want to come out and and poke at the the rookie Marshawn Lattimore, and then Mike Evans does the idiotic move, just punches the guy, tackles the guy uh, in the back, catapults him, you know, into the sideline. There, just both of them, just just crazy, stupid, and that's a microcosm of the season that they're now in, involved in because they have made crazy mistakes. Uh, this offense hasn't been able to jail defense. Uh, they've been putrid. Uh, it's just a mess. And you thought you were going to, the, the team would be trending up with the moves they made in the offseason. You got rid of Lovey Smith for, for I don't know what reason, still don't know. And Dirk Curta was supposed to be the answer and help your former number one overall pick uh, to, to get better and develop him. And they have gone the other direction. Yeah, Jameis Winston has turned into a joke now. Yeah. I mean, he's basically he's turned a, into joke. a jerk. Yeah, well, that too. A joke and a jerk. I mean, that stupid thing that he did yesterday with the eat a W was one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen. We're going to eat a W, dog. We're going to eat a W. We're going to win. We're going to eat this. We're going to eat this win. What? Huh? He tried so hard with the motivational stuff. He's just not any good at it. Not that one. I mean, so the, the Bucks are a mess and the Jets get them. And it's, it's funny because here's Ryan Fitzpatrick now. Starting against the Jets, the Jets going into that game four and five with a chance to go five and five into their bye. Yeah, and what about the Falcons? Four and four. Oh. Uh, this is a team that gave away the Super Bowl, and now they've given away a season. Everyone's blaming Steve Sarkeesian on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, the offense is going to be different. But it's your job to get out there and learn that new offense, learn that new philosophy, and then go play like a champion that you almost were. And it's also Julio Jones's job to not drop a I clear touchdown that. in the end zone. I was playing him in daily fantasy oh. too, and I needed that, oh, that desperately. Hurt, huh? I could not believe that he dropped that pass. You were like, "Yeah, oh. what the hell was that?" Oh. Hey, dude, my yeah, bad. right. That doesn't that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't help, does it? <laughs> now he was banged up all game, and I mean he was really fighting through some stuff, and yeah. they, and then. You know, Matt Ryan overthrew him. He was wide open too. I mean, he just should have been. That should have been a monster game for Julio. And it didn't turn out. They're just a little bit off. You know, it's funny, man. I th- that Super Bowl loser hangover thing is just amazing how how that works out. And, and like, I'd love to talk to an offensive coordinator, like an offensive-minded coach about this, but I you mentioned Sarkeesian, and he is the guy that's getting pounded there in Atlanta. You're going to start but, drinking again. Oh, jeez. Let's hope not for his family and his health. Um, but, I mean, think about it. Like, if you're Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, Mohamed Sanu, these guys that are, I mean, in, in Dan Quinn who was there last year, I know he's a defensive guy, right? But these guys were a part of that offense last year. You're telling me that their offense isn't working, 
and like they don't have ideas about stuff that they did last year. Well, like they, right. they, Kyle Shanahan was the only guy that had the key to how they got it. Like, like, don't you think Matt Ryan, as smart as he is, he's been playing football forever, can step up and say, you know what, this worked last Thank year. You. Let's try that. Right. Why wouldn't you have your, the reigning MVP step up and say, hey, I understand you want to bring some of your principles, some of your concepts into the fold, but how about we do some of the things we've done in the past? And I'm sure Steve Sarkeesian has been open to that. He may call it something different. He may arrive at it differently, but he probably has some things that are similar to what you have already been utilizing, and so let's go with that. And yes, an all-pro quarterback, your reigning MVP, can walk into that offensive room, that coach's room, and say, hey, I feel more comfortable doing this and that. Why wouldn't you employ that, especially considering you've lost three of your last four or four of your last five, and and, and no one was talking about the offense when they rolled out 3-0. and oh. No one was saying a damn thing about Steve Sarkeesian. Then when you put 34 on, on the uh, the Packers, everyone was happy. Everything was cool. Now all of a sudden, uh, it's the offensive fault. Well, you have a leader uh, at the quarterback position. He should step up and say, hey, we need to do this. This is what we want to run uh, right now, Steve. So let's adjust your game plan. And we don't want to step on any toes, but let's just tweak it a little bit. More to my liking. Yeah, and I, re- I really do think that the Falcons still have that capability of turning it up. No, don't do it this week. Yeah. I mean. Wait till after the Cowboys lead up. Is that going to be a, a – that could go either way. I mean, that could end up being like a 42-38 game or it could end up being mm-hmm. like a, the 17-14 game. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought there'd be more high scoring in the Chiefs It's like game. the Cowboys are playing the Falcons every year now. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh-huh. You know better than me. No, it just seems like maybe I'm wrong. You know, I could be wrong. You could be. You have been in the past, but you've also been right in the past. So it's a tough thing to evaluate as I sit here right now. (laughs) Um, So then we talked about the Browns being a total mess. So a couple stories from them yesterday. Uh, All right. The first of which is is Sashi Brown. (laughs) Sashi Brown. Why do you say it like that, man? It's fun. Sashi Brown. Sashi Brown. (laughs) Sash. Do you think his friends call him Sash? I I have a buddy named Sasha. And they call him Sash? We we don't call him Sash. We call him Sasha. They call him yeah. she, she, no, she. Just, hey, she, she, she. No, they call send him. that trade in. <laughs> Sashi. Yeah, well, they've been saying she, she more than that. It's a bad joke. But anyway, so uh, Sashi Brown was uh, speaking to the media on that botched AJ McCarron deal, yeah. and he said, "No, it wasn't the old sabotage. It was, <laughs> I was not a saboteur. We just screwed up." It's a lot simpler than what's been written. Um, truly, uh, this is just a matter of getting to a deal too late in the process. And uh, I think both sides, both Cincinnati and us, tried our, our damnness to try to get the, the paperwork in uh, at the last minute. And we we're talking about minutes and seconds before uh, the trade deadline ended. We were on the phone with the NFL at the time to try to make it happen. It did not happen. My follow-up question is, Sashi, when did you become an idiot? Because you're supposed to be a genius. And and it's just at some point you walk into that facility and you end up being an idiot. And I don't know what it is about that place, but it is totally infectious and in the worst way. And uh, there's going to be another regime change coming. I mean, it's just going to happen. And he didn't seem – you look at it, read his comments, and it, he seems pretty comfortable and, and confident that uh, they're going to be there and they'll be involved mm-hmm. in next year's draft and – uh, I'm not so sure, seeing how 
Jimmy Haslam, the owner of that team, has been so quick to pull the trigger on, on previous regimes, but uh, he didn't seem as though uh, that was going to occur. And 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 and, and once again, the, the confidence in which he spoke about this situation, and, and he talked at length about yeah, admitting mistakes he had made and evaluating players, and but he also gave himself a few pats on the back for the players they'd brought in house. And I just don't see how those have panned out really, you know, miles Garrett's number one overall pick and he's played sparingly. Uh, but you know, I, I just don't see any, anything that looks promising on the horizon. Yes. You get Josh Gordon back and we'll discuss him coming back. But uh, as far as, you know, that's, that's a player that came back from, uh, or was brought into that organization by a different regime about two removed from this one. Yeah, and Josh Gordon, a story about him comes out about you know, how during games he would be drunk and high, he would drink and smoke before he played. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first one. What do you I'm mean, just saying. Duh. Because he, yeah, he I, really, I didn't think that was alarming. I've told you stories about guys I played with that drink at halftime. So I'm uh, not surprised. But for him, I guess it was excessive. I don't have to guess it was. Yeah. It was very excessive. But what I liked about his story and the fact that he is he is sharing all this, I think it was GQ magazine, is the fact that he said he went to rehab not because someone else forced him, because he wanted to go and he needed to go. And I guess he had this epiphany where he mm. felt like if he was going to live, he needed to go and straighten himself out. Now he's sharing everything, and and, and hopefully this is, is a cleansing for him to put all that out there because it has to be difficult to disclose some of this information. Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, there are also a lot of people though that are proud of themselves and have gone through the process and they want to share the story because they also want to be able to help others who maybe have been in that situation where they felt like they were in rock bottom and they could be a beacon of light to somebody else. I mean, I, what I want to know is, like, it, can football be like cornhole in the sense that you can play it better drunk? Like, could you? Because hmm. there's certain... I couldn't. There's certain things that you you drink and you get be- like cornhole to me, like a a beer or two or three. You start getting more than that, but you take the edge off of you a little bit better with the toss. Well, I'm a little bit better. Golf slows me down. Okay, get a little tipsy, slow me down because mm-hmm. otherwise, psh, swinging too hard and and just lose all form. So. There is a little truth to that, yeah. But football, no. Football, no way probably I could, not. No, right? I could not. Have, I mean, certain people, yeah, but I couldn't. No way I could. Bowling? Tips. Yeah, bowling, yes. another one. Yes, yeah. bowling. You get you, you drink and you're better at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would probably be difficult. I think also baseball would be difficult. Oh, you know? yeah. Hand-eye coordination. Oh, you'd see about eight balls coming at you, man. You ducking, <laughs> swinging, yeah. swinging like yeah, uh, fly swatters. <laughs> Tennis? What is he doing? <laughs> Tennis would be another one you could not be drunk or high for. Yeah, it affects your motor skills. But that being said, I, I played with guys, and you, we know about the legendary, one of the greatest of all time, that outside linebacker up here who changed the game, LT, all the stuff he was hopped up on. My buddy Hollywood Henderson, all the stuff he was hopped up on playing uh, when he was with the Cowboys. And, uh, so some guys can do it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I just... Uh, but like, I'm thinking about now weed, like for Josh Gordon. Is that can that help him? Like, is there certain strains of weed that could be beneficial? He said to a he did both. Player? He did. I know, but I'm saying it could. I mean, are we going to see? Because when he was, when he played, he was pretty good. He was damn good. So what if now he's sober and you yeah. don't get any of that? Yeah, and that's you get this in entertainment as well. 
You have a oh, lot yeah. of entertainers that feel like they perform better when they are hopped up on something, whether it's musicians or actors and actresses. And then when you take that away, are they as good? <laughs> yeah, and all the, think about all the great songs that have been written mm-hmm. in, in the history of music while people were high. Yeah, all the good rap songs. You go into those music studios, pff, it's I mean, flowing. I mean, think about the Beatles. You think the Beatles would have been the Beatles without drugs? No. So, I no mean, this way. is they, yeah. let's not be so quick to assume. Right, yeah. That this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Think Nickelback was high. <laughs> no, no, they well, were dead, go there, they're dead sober, man. That's no doubt about that. Yeah, dead sober. All right, yeah. This <laughs> is Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We got Tommy Bowden joining us in just a mm. couple of minutes. I think he's down with Hendrix? I don't know. You know, uh, probably just Christian rock for mm. for Tommy. Okay. Oh, okay. That's little, okay. Little Lecrae, yeah. Lecrae? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of Lecrae. Rapper. Christian rapper. Christian rapper Lecrae. Yeah, L-E-C-R-A-E. Did we do this already on the show? We did. Okay. Yeah. You did Lecrae? I guess. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Well, we were talking about LF or NF. What, who is it? NF? <laughs> no, I don't know. And you said that was a Christian rapper and I didn't hear it. Is that guy who sings Christian. that song about suicide a Christian rapper too? That song's on all the time. It's so depressing. Logic? Oh, my God. God. No, I mean, logic's I, not. I know it's supposed to be uplifting, but like the beginning of it is the most depressing I've ever heard. It's like I want to die. Right. I really want to die. No. It's like, jeez. See Christian the video rapper. too. Oh, the I video mean, is a trip. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Like, I don't need that. <laughs> like today, I was, I was <laughs> flipping through stuff. <laughs> I don't need. That. Well, I'm, I'm flipping through stuff. I got sick of sports talk this morning. I was like, you know, I put on the radio. The first thing I, it's you know, it's oh dark thirty in the morning. I'm driving in here. I don't want to live today. I want to die. <laughs> Someone kill me. I want to die, die, die. Who can relate? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, what? Like, not really. You, like, you, I mean, it kind of sucks. It's this early, but I don't want to die. Like, you, what do you, you should uh, check out the video? I mean, I get it. He's, 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 it's the hotline, and people are feeling upset. Call a hot. Like, I understand. It's supposed to be a good thing, but if like you don't know what that's like, I had to do research on it because I was so confused. If you don't know, it's just the beginning of the song. Right. It's like, hey, no. who can relate to want to die? He's, he's just talking about people struggling, being who they really are. And Gonna die, die. Having feelings that are not normal to who wants to die? society. And yeah, uh, Don Cheadle. Who's the other guy? We're going to die. Uh, Matthew. Together. Everybody going to die. Right no, now? No, hey, stop saying that. That's not what it's about. Yeah. That's what it sounds like well, to me. It's about you got to stick to the whole song to get the message. I getting mean, getting people to fit in, I mean, not can, fit out. I mean, can you get the? I mean, at least have a disclaimer. Be like, this song isn't about killing yourself. It's about not killing yeah. yourself. Yeah. Despite the first minute where the guy tells you, <laughs> "I want to die." <laughs> Somebody kill me. No. That's what I would don't like. Don't listen to him, kids. I'd like to die. No, Who you can't don't. Relate? No. That's not what. Can you relate? <laughs> I know it's not, but it is. <laughs> that's the thing that's tricky about it. It's not, but it is. Yeah, you really shouldn't bury the lead like that. Yes, that's my point. Yeah, if you hear that first minute, you're like, you know what? <laughs> Me too. I know. And you make a rash decision. Like, right. Like, I was totally fine until that happened, you know? And like, oh, wow. where's, like, you know, sorry, not sorry? Like, now, Brian's had enough. <laughs> Brian, Brian wants, wants to die. To die. <laughs> really wants to die. Or at least stop working. Yeah, who can relate? <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Tommy Bowden. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna need Jesus now, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tommy, you ever hear that song about <laughs> killing yourself? Is this what the Big Ten feels like <laughs> after Saturday? I don't think we should be asking him about this video. <laughs> Uh, put together a new video. It's like Urban Meyer. Who can relate? <laughs> <laughs> Are you calling him? By the way, is he calling you? I'm calling him. All right, good. So we can put, we can put it off. Right, we don't have to don't have to wait. All right. How you feeling over there, man? You want to live for a while? Yeah, I'm good for now. Oh, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Right. Bogus uh, wants to live. How would you know what happened last night if I wasn't here? <laughs> Only one starting quarterback on the field in Green Bay from Monday Night Football. Matthew Stafford, just seven incompletions, 361 yards, and two scores, both to Marvin Jones. He and Golden Tate caught 14 of Stafford's passes for 220 yards. Those guys outside were doing a great job of winning, and I was just trying to get it to the open guy, and all sorts of guys were winning. Winning. The Lions winning 30-17 at Lambeau to snap their three-game <laughs> slide. The Packers, though, might. They've lost three straight. The last two with Brett Hundley starting for the injured Rodgers. Hundley did not turn the ball over last night, but also didn't get the Packers into the end zone until the fourth quarter. Both these teams now 4-4, four and four, two games behind Minnesota in the NFC North. The Packers last night also lost right tackle Brian Balaga to a potentially major right knee injury. They lose him all the time. Yeah, I think they played 15 snaps total. They're the projected starting offensive line this year. It's been just in disarray. A one-game suspension for Tampa Bay receiver Mike Evans for charging Saints defensive back Marshawn Lattimore while he was trash-talking with Jameis Winston Sunday. Winston will now miss a few weeks to rest his right shoulder, which he originally hurt in week six in Arizona. And the Niners expect Jimmy Garoppolo to once again back up rookie QB C.J. Beathard this week. College football, Alabama linebacker Sean Dion Hamilton is out for the year with the knee injury he suffered in Saturday night's win over LSU. Linebacker Mac Wilson's out four to six weeks with a foot injury. The good news is defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick may practice today after pulling his hamstring on Saturday. College hoops, despite what a f- shut the f- no coach. Personal get your big ass. Despite all that, Bob Huggins getting a four-year extension from West Virginia. He'll make three point seven five million dollars this season with annual one hundred thousand dollar raises. After that, pro hoops, the Celtics keep winning. Kyrie pops free to get the basketball. Right hand dribble, pass towards Horford, gets it back in the handoff. Kyrie turns, launches a three, and drills it. And the Celtic fans in Phillips Arena erupt. Kyrie Irving, his first 30-point game as a Celtic. He's got 32. Sean Grandy on Celtics Radio. Boston won its ninth straight, 110-107 in Atlanta. Kyrie finished with 35-7 and seven assists. The Warriors shot just 37%, but still beat the Heat, 97-80. In Brooklyn, a 98-92 win in Phoenix. Nike says it'll make enhancements to its NBA jerseys which have been tearing apart rather easily over their first few weeks of usage. And on ice last night, the Leafs topped the Golden Knights 4-3 in a shootout. The Rangers scored four times in the third to win their fourth straight 5-3 over Columbus. The boys are telling secrets. They'll be back with you in just a second. <laughs> no, we're here. Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio together. Uh, joining us right now, Tommy Bowden of the ACC Network. Tommy, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Uh, good morning. Doing, doing fine. Good to hear from you, Coach. Uh, Clemson, Florida State. Does Florida State have a shot? They got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. You know where they they they're sitting there uh, six. Well, they six and two, or they got five and three. 
they could easily be, or they could be five and three if they eliminate penalties, they eliminate turnovers, and they eliminate tackle for losses. Right now, they lead the ACC and uh, are their last the ACC in turnover margin, and the penalties are about eleventh. They they're not good enough to overcome those obstacles. So if they can get their own personal problems squared away, they'll have a chance. They beat Syracuse. And Syracuse beat Clemson, so can yeah. they beat them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about that? Now, the, the the most glaring issue, and it has been for a couple of years now, has been that offensive line for Florida State, and they've been able to overcome that with the athleticism at the quarterback position. Of course, DeAndre Francois is out. What has happened with Rick Trickett, who has been highly regarded as just one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, and are his days numbered? He's just not his message not resonating with the guys up front. What's the deal with that? Well, you know, I coached with him for several years, and for years been known as probably the top, one of the top offensive line coaches in the country. But just from a coaching perspective and being, you know, in that offensive staff meeting and as a head coach, being there evaluating offensive lines, there's so many things that go into uh, an offensive system when you're dealing with offensive line. Is, is the quarterback taking sacks because he's holding on the ball? Did the receiver run the wrong route? Uh, did the quarter, co- coaches call a bad play? Did he call a two-receiver route? into a three-on-two coverage where they've got three defenders. And, and then all, or is it problems on the offensive line? Is it technique or is it a scheme or it's a, just missed assignments? And uh, I know Jimbo knows the answers. He knows all those things. And if it gets down to a point where I think uh, it, it, it's, it's Rick, then I'm sure he'll make a decision. He's the only guy that knows whether it is. I, could, I would know if I had the film and studied it, but I don't have the film and sit there and study it. Is this Clemson team one that realistically, in your mind, is ready and capable to repeat? Oh yeah, you know when you you look at uh, is, if Alabama or Georgia, Alabama and Georgia are kind of some great defenses. They give you enough challenges on on offense, very athletic. But if you look what Clemson did the last two years versus Alabama, over a thousand yards of total offense. Now they had Deshaun Watson, who's pretty pretty good guy, but. Of, of, of the, all the teams up there that has an offense that can challenge a Georgia or Alabama defense, I think it's Clemson. Uh, spreading the field, challenge you horizontally, challenge you vertically with a very good scheme, with good athletes, and with a defense that can get you the ball a bunch. Clemson's defense is every bit as good as any there is out in the country. Uh, I don't know about Notre Dame's. I don't know about, uh, uh, let's see, who would be fourth. Uh, Georgia's I know about, but uh, Oklahoma gave up 62 points. Uh, TCU's given up some points. So I think Clemson is, is in, a, in a great position right now to, to be a three, uh, three-time uh, repeater with Alabama in the national championship. So do you believe more in Kelly Bryant, the new quarterback there at Clemson? you believe more in his legs or his arm? Because Deshaun Watson's a guy could really affect change down the field, and we've seen Kelly Bryant do it at times, but he's not, he doesn't have lofty numbers uh, in, in the passing game. No, no he, he, he doesn't. And they, you know, they're, they're running the ball pretty good. They were a little over 200 yards a game going into last week's game versus NC State. They were rushing 219 yards a game. So they rushed it probably a little bit than they did last year, and they don't have to depend as much. Now, Kelly Bryant is not a polished seasoned uh, guy sitting in the pocket as Deshaun Watson. There's no doubt about that. But but he's good enough with with what they do offensively, uh, with the play-action passes and, and run, run options for the quarterback to be productive versus a team like Alabama or Georgia. But he can't sit in there and make that 
throw that, he, that was made against Alabama going down that drive where he hit that tight end on that little corner out in the red zone. I, I don't think he can make that throw. Uh, they might not need it, but I don't think he can make it right now. Gio and Jones and Tommy Bowden, former coach now at the ACC Network as a college football analyst. What's the ceiling on this year's Miami team? Oh, man, I, I, I thought Virginia Tech would win because they had a better defense. <laughs> But Miami, has, they're, they're really talented, and they're kind of gelling at the right time as far as getting confidence, playing real well. They don't turn the ball over. They're not heavily penalized. Uh, uh, Braxton Berrios, uh, the uh, receiver that's had a great year because Ahmad Richards, the, the, the go-to guy, has kind of got banged up. They lose Mark Walton, the great running back, and place him with Travis Homer. And they've got some defensive uh cats that are that are really good looking in uniform and they're strong they got to be strong to carry that four pound gold chain on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think they may have uh, i'm gonna give it to alabama with the heavyweight championship belt they they have the best uh uh celebrations or or let's say uh props for turning the ball over Miami and Alabama right there one and two hey we got this early signing period now in college football were you a proponent of that or opponent and either way how does it change the game as far as recruiting is concerned you know I I liked it myself because down in the south you know you're just prevalent to a lot of athletes a lot of skill a lot of guys can run and throw and catch defensive ends linebackers uh, and uh, I thought keeping keep the northern teams from coming down in the winter when they had more time. You know, you don't have as much time in north to fly that far south and, and look at all these guys and evaluation. So uh, I think the early signing date uh, is more advantageous for some of these southern teams when some, as far as the skilled players are invi- uh, involved. It probably might work opposite with, with bigger guys up north. But uh, I, I like I think it saves on money. If a guy commits in December, then you don't have to waste as much money going to go see him. So I think it'll solve, uh, at least have a little bit of a dent in some of the financial burden right now in college athletics. Uh, but I, I liked it, and I'm in favor of it, and I think the coaches will like it once it gets a couple years in. Is there a team right now that clearly 2017, they're not ready, but you're watching them build in the ACC, and you say, you know what, in 2018, recruiting grow- goes well, they stay healthy, this is a team that could – Surprise next season. Oh, you say, is there? Is, yeah, do you, is there do you see one right now that's oh, yeah. building? You know, the, the team I really like, and I, I've known this guy, Dino Babers, for a long time. I've watched him at Syracuse. It's the style of offense that he runs. Not only so much the style, but he knows what he's doing. Work with Art Browse, work with an old offensive genius called Homer Smith mm. that's been around college football and, and written a couple of books. And he knows how to put that offense in. He knows how to call it, knows how to run it. Uh, going into last week's wing game, they were uh, they were 89 plays a game. They were number one in the nation. They were the 13th fastest team in the nation. That kind of offense presents problems for defense. That can give you an advantage if you lack uh, the talent of a, of a Clemson over Florida State or Virginia Tech or Miami. And uh, he's, I, think, I think Syracuse is a team that can make a move they do have a lot of athletes up there in the Northeast that he could draw from. So that's the one I would keep my eye on. Coach mentioned one of the greats, Homer Smith. He was on the staff at UCLA when I was a freshman there. And, whoo, you're talking about some quips. He had some good ones for you. Uh, Tennessee struggling. Uh, Butch Jones uh, not looking too good as far as uh, him uh, remaining the head coach. 
have you been able to put your finger on their issues and why Tennessee hasn't been able to get right? No, you know, I, I don't study the SEC as, as much, but being a head coach and kind of watch that problem, you know, he's had some success, but it's the standard that's been set by Nick Saban. Now all of a sudden Kirby Smart goes in there his second year and, and sitting there at number one in the nation. So uh, it's, the, it's the standard that's been set in the SEC by Saban, and now a guy like Kirby Smart comes in that uh, puts additional pressure on a guy where nine-win season, eight-win season is, is not acceptable. And uh, once it starts – I do know this. Once it starts snowballing and going against you, I, was, I had one nine my last year, and then all of a sudden sitting there at three and three halfway through the season, and they say they're going to make a change. And I said, well, okay, if, if I'm the reason for the problem, then go ahead and let's go ahead and do it. Now, Butch might have already been told that. Mm-hmm. He might say, okay, I'm going to stay through the end of the year. But every coach has a different reason for what he does. But uh, I don't know right now. All I know is that when the player reads that much negative stuff in the paper week after week after week, they start losing confidence. And you really have to do a great job of keeping your team focused. And, and I think he's had some injuries, which also kind of helped. You, you mentioned the fact that Kirby Smart rose into Georgia in second year, and now he's got him sitting there undefeated and, and looks like on, a, on their way to another trip to the SEC championship game. You take over a program – and you see all the success of a Nick Saban and others, not just in your conference but around the co- uh, country. How much pr- added pressure is that to you? Or do, how much added pressure do you apply to yourself knowing you've got to turn this thing around immediately? Well, the salaries are, are so high that administrations don't have very much patience. And, 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 and coaches are paid to get it done quickly. So you know. Now, you don't, you don't relay that to your staff and you don't relay that to yeah. the team. But there is surely internal pressure that, hey, you know what the guy across the street's doing? Yep. And you know what your boosters, you know what you're getting paid, he's getting paid, and you know what the expectations are. Coach, so, I want to yeah, stop you there, yeah. but to, to, to your point, you got to do this quickly now. And, and I'm not here advocating for a change at Tennessee, but the facts are the facts. You, you're in your fifth year at that institution. You have your type of guys in there. You've recruited your type of guys. You're not playing with your predecessors' guys. In today's game, five years, that's a luxury. <laughs> no, I mean, that's uh, unfortunately what you said is true, and, and that's exactly what those guys that pay a salary are, are saying. And, and everybody, I know every situation is different. I went into a, I inherited a three-win Tulane team and a three-win Clemson team. Then we're bowl eligible in the first year. Then the next year went undefeated Tulane. The next year won nine or the second year at Clemson. So, so it can be done. But uh, what you said is accurate, and, and that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they've already told him maybe, say, hey, you can coach on throughout the year, let's keep it quiet, and we're going to go out and look for a guy. Hey, Tommy, thanks for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, y'all have a good week. Thanks, All right, coach. you too. Tommy Bowden of the ACC Network. Dang, I forgot to tell him to bless you. Yeah, see? you need it. You blew it, man. Wow. Now I'm going to have to do it. Mm. <laughs> There's going to be some Prosecco involved. <laughs> Yeah, that's your holy water. They right? drink wine at church. I mean, you go to communion and all that stuff, right? Eat the crackers and the, and the wine, or is that cranberry juice? No, don't do that at your church. Okay, we're, we're coming right back. It's Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play dot it. Ah, ah, ah. I mean, 
mean, am I wrong or am I right about this? Listen to this. <laughs> and I like, okay, so now Mikey B told me the rest about this. And like, I understand it's a powerful thing for a lot of people. Right. But like, I don't know that. Right? Well, I don't know anything about this guy, his story, what this is about. And then I, um, in my car, <laughs> trying to start my day, I want to die. <laughs> I don't want to be alive. Someone in my life, someone kill me. It's like, why? No. And then immediately I turn it off every time I hear it because I'm like, this guy doesn't want to be alive. Listen to the rest of it. But I can't get past that. You can get past it. Well, now I know, okay? So it's a touching thing. It's a powerful thing. It's very powerful. Good for him. Yeah, there's a number to call at the end of the video. Right. So that's that's good. That's all. But as, as, as Bogus said, that's burying the lead. Yeah, well. I mean, give me a disclaimer next time. Here's a disclaimer. Listen to the whole damn song. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you can get past the overly depressing beginning of this song. <laughs> All right, fine, then. I want to okay, die maybe today. Okay, it twice instead of eight times at the beginning, right? Exactly. That's my point. I don't want to be alive. And then the way he sings, like, I want to die today. Like, it's almost Are like. you happy about it? Yeah, I'm going to die today. Oh. That video's a trip. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, good thing I learned about the song because I would have continued to make fun of it. But I, I, I mean, I get it. Now I understand. Nah. Now I understand it. There you go. Now you understand it. <laughs> I'm like to be like, you have seen the video. <laughs> no, uh, he doesn't watch video. Speaking of videos, what's up with Fuse now? They don't show videos anymore. I don't know. What's up with that? Let's ask the other seven people. I don't want to see Moesha. The other seven people that are stuck in 1994. I don't want to see sisters and sisters or whatever the hell it's called. I want to see my videos. Oh, I'm shocked that they're not playing music videos on television anymore. Come on. Does MTV own Fuse? Are they own by the same company? Because maybe what they're doing is that since they're like relaunching TRL... On uh, MTV, I could see them not wanting to split the baby. Oh, really? As they say. That That's just a guess. Uh, that would be, that'd be unbelievable. Well, if it's I not nailed. helping me on Saturday mornings when I get ready to go to work. Yeah, Brian to wants to die. <laughs> Brian wants to die. I want my videos. Can't watch his Damn. videos. Damn it. I, I do watch the MTV Epic Awesome videos. 572 okay. on DirecTV. <laughs> you were just a big... But. You have time to watch that stuff, but nothing I'd that I take. Watch it while I'm dressing. I mean, I've given you so many unbelievable recommendations. I'm watching that while I'm getting dressed to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who can mm-hmm. relate? <laughs> <laughs> like one day, I was like, I kind of can actually. Kind of can relate. To it's raining and it's yeah three forty five in the morning. <laughs> And I just hit a pothole. Like, yeah, don't listen to that song yeah, at, that, right. at that hour, dude. No. Well, that's when it came on. No, don't listen to it at that hour. That's the wrong hour, man. Come on. It's the wrong. It's the wrong. When is the right hour? Bro? I want to die. <laughs> Later in the afternoon, after breakfast. Okay. Yeah. After, after breakfast. You want to listen to full stomach. It's yeah. lunchtime. <laughs> I still want to die. <laughs> well, We're going to eat lunch. the sandwich. <laughs> Side of fry. <laughs> that's a great this is a real parody it is a song parody in there, yes you know? oh great one yeah i, I want I some agree. fries today 
<laughs> I want some chili fries. <laughs> Someone get me fries. <laughs> I want some ketchup on my fries. <laughs> if you need auto parts but can't get to the store just yet, head to O'ReillyAuto.com. No shipping costs, easy returns, and convenient pickup on your schedule. Shop your way for the parts you need at O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. I want to drive. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, he should do it. He should totally sell out. Like something that meant something to him, he should now sell out and just put it like as a car commercial. You know, I want to drive a Toyota. I want to drive today a new Camry. That's what you sing when you go into the dealership. Yeah, right. I want to drive a and brand then, new car. And the dealer comes in and goes, who can relate? <laughs> right, and then like right at that time, they got the, the cheesy tie and the shirt and the coffee stains. It's perfect. It's genius marketing. I don't know what we're doing here. Oh, Wasting our time. Dying! <laughs> well, it's unbelievable. All right. So, uh, That's what you sing when you go to the fried food joint. <laughs> yeah. I want to die! Right. <laughs> Clog my arteries. Cholesterol. <laughs> like, no one's been suicidal in that musical. <laughs> Those two things don't go together. Well, anyway. Oh, wow. All right, what do we want to talk about here for the last minute? Oh, not dying. I uh, our quota. <laughs> so, Bernard Pollard. Oh, he went off. He hates Jim Harbaugh. I can't stand him. Yeah, so he said that, uh, you know, I guess before the game, he said, Crush Boy 31. <laughs> he said that. He used that, to crush him. He goes, I'm sorry, but this team will never be the same. They broke up something special way too early. Now he's got a coach, and that's not possible. And then, you know, after the, the Ravens have been okay, I guess, this season. But but not even really. He goes, mm. uh, I stand by what I said. He single-handedly destroyed that team all because of ego. Wow. He's not a good coach. Man, this sounds like what was going on with San Francisco with his brother. Now, apparently his brother was just doing some quirky things, like walking around the Philly, no clothes on. Yeah, he was doing some crazy stuff uh, out there in San Francisco. Uh, and, and now to have Pollard, who won the Super Bowl there with them, uh, to come out uh, and, and, and chastise the, the head coach, John Harbaugh of the Ravens. Very interesting. Yeah, and I don't think it's so much like destroying the team because of ego. It's just the classic script of – Guy gets a big contract at the quarterback position, and then you can't pay everybody else as much as you want. You can't hang on to guys, and then you got to be relying on great draft after great draft, and it doesn't pan out. Well, it doesn't pan out. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about you think of all these guys that won Super Bowls prior to getting that big contract at the quarterback position, then not winning them afterwards. I mean, from you know what, from Aaron Rodgers to Joe Flacco to Russell Wilson. I mean, it just. The list goes on, so I think it's more about roster construction than it is ego with Harbaugh. And, you know, I mean, the guys, I, this is the first time I've heard that from anybody. You know, he just sounds like I, sour I, Ray Ray had never said that, man. Yeah. Ray Ray. <laughs> he had never said that whatsoever. Let me tell you, my brother. <laughs> Bernard Pollard, my brother. Let me tell you. you face to die. face. Face to face via Snapchat. <laughs> well, yeah, good things to say about the, the owner, Biscotti, and, and the GM, Ozzie Newsom. Yeah, great. Thanks to Tommy Bowden, David Deal, Mikey B, Petey Meets, Bogus, and Pierre. No, and talk, Logic. Yeah, talk to you tomorrow. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 